Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Take 369. (laughs) We are doing our best today. Yep. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Actually coming in cold. Ice cold. Yep. I asked Adam a starter question and he was like, well, I was. And I was like, I sounded okay. like a whale in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Or well, I was like, and, and cut it. That's people are going to turn it off. Start it over. All right. So, can I tell you a secret about those pants that you love? <laughs> <laughs> the ones you have on and the green ones. Yes. I hate them, but they're just easy and comfortable. I know, but you know what I don't like. I don't know that many people who look good in chinos. Side pockets that boof out. I just like, I want boofy that. pocket. I want a boofy pocket to go. I mean, you know, a lot of people wear chinos and probably because they're really comfortable. They're, they're, what is it? Like a canvas material? Well, I'm just, sometimes I'm tired of wearing jeans. I am. I'm just tired of wearing jeans and like. I know, but you've got your Vioris. You've got. I like looked for them this morning. I couldn't find them. I mean, they're they around. They are in the wash. I was going to. But you wear the green. You wear these green chinos. Can we agree to let go of one of the two pairs? Yes. Okay. Um, can I let go of the khaki ones? Because yes. I like the green ones better. Okay. Great. I am I am happy to compromise with you on that. I'm happy to let some of it go. Okay, and actually, I need the both to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way it works with you. Sometimes you are literally the definition of like give an inch, take a mile. <laughs> give me one more example. You'd be like, "Can you get up and give me some water?" And I'll be like, "Sure." And they'd be like, "Oh, and also, can you make me a bagel? And when you come back, can you rub my legs? And like, I'm probably gonna need some tea too." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and then while I'm doing that, you're like, "I'm just gonna go ahead and press play again and just like continue watching the show." And I'm like, "Great, I'll listen from over here." That's awesome. That's how my brain works. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, that is 100%. Once the train true. leaves the station, it's like, oh, all the things are just coming. It's about like a little bit about efficiency and a little bit about train of thought. It's like boom, boom, boom. Like my associative thinking goes Associative quick. thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like the efficiency part in like how many things can I ask for attitude. <laughs> it's very efficient when I ask him to do everything. That's... <laughs> Look at all that I'm getting done while sitting here. This is amazing. Oh, my God. All right. Noted. Want to know how to clean your house and work at the same time? Ask your husband to do it. Man. All right. So we're going to talk babies part two. There is something that we're going to say today that I haven't wanted to say. You're getting a little secret. I know I have it's been a, se- a secret. I, it's a big announcement on the Reading Aloud podcast. It's a secret announcement. It's I've I've got to, I have such mixed emotions about wanting to share it. But are you going to? I am. Or are you just going to tease it for? No, I am because you know the whole the whole last pregnancy was everything was such a surprise for us. I mean, even just like the surprise of being pregnant and all of that. So this is just, this one is, you know, we started talking about it being a yes that we're going to have a second baby. And it just feels like, 
well, what happened was, is Neo was born and we, and I said to you, I was like, I, I want to know the sex of the other embryos. And so we've had so many conversations. We had a podcast called boy or girl who cares. We had a podcast where I think we talked about, um, reading from that book to raise a boy. So yeah. we had a podcast about raising boys. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about like, wh- what does it really mean in a world where, we believe that there's a lot of gender fluidity. There's a lot of choice. There's a lot of deep, deeper understanding about what it means. A lot of stereotypes about sex and gender and all of this stuff. So yeah, it's just an interesting thing. And I wanted to know, and you know, we talk in the boy, is it boy versus girl or boy or boy girl? Boy or girl. Yeah. We, yeah. It was definitely not versus. I said some pretty clear things about wanting a girl and thinking yeah. at the time that I knew that we were going to have a girl. Yeah. I think, I think we gave percentages and you were like 99% No, I gave 100. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I was generous with the 99. And so I was like, I really want to know. And I want to hear your experience of that because it was shortly after he was born, maybe a couple months. And why did I want to know? Why did you want to know? Like, tell, tell me about that. And so you're specifically asking why. Why did we that... call the clinic and ask what the Got sex it. of the yeah. yeah the other genetically normal embryo? Right, right, right. I think that just going through the whole experience. Well, depending on which one it was going to be, <clears throat> at the time we called about the sex, we weren't a hundred percent sure that we were going to have a second one. And frankly, I think if we found out that it was going to be a girl, if we found that out when we called, we would have probably been much more like more excited. And if we found out that it was going to be a boy, I think, you know, we might have a little bit more conversation about it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that when we called, we were, I don't know, that it was all hinging on that. But there is a reality of desire here that I just want to acknowledge and we shouldn't beat around. I mean, it's very, very easy to say either one. I don't care. Right. And I think that it's it's also what was what was going through our minds in that time I mean first of all it was so early it was like we really didn't know and we were struggling hard yes and also if I think about it what would have been the differences of having a girl how would it feel to have a girl and a boy what was it all of those things like I I think it all played a part since I wanted a girl like you know that it really played a part in all of that and so I'm curious so we we called and we asked and so I want to tell the story Go for it. So we we called our girl at the clinic. You know, we're like, we want to know. She's like, are you sure you want to know? I'm like, sure, I want to know. She's like, are you sure you want to know? And I was like, sure, we want to know. When we had asked her, what do you think when we were pregnant with Neo? And we were like, and we didn't know the sex. And we were like, what do you, what do you think is going to be? What do you think this baby is going to be like or whatever? And she was like, well, I hope she's got your looks, Marisol, and your height, Adam. And, or not she. I hope the baby has your looks, Marisol, and your height, Adam. Yeah. And we were like oh my God, she just told us it was a girl. Like we were like, that was it. Like we, and we actually didn't say that to each other till much later. Right. But we both had that thought. And then later I was like, did she tell us that we were having a girl? And you were like, I think she did. I was like, oh man, I didn't want to know. And we did not know. So, okay. So she's, she's smarter. She's smarter than that basically is what we're saying. And we're not that smart. So we <laughs> called her and she, she you know, confirmed we want to know. And she just, so each embryo is, is got a grade to it. So Neo was a 6AA. He was the largest of how big they can get and kind of top of his class, each, each part of it being A through C. So he was. In terms of 
likelihood that that the pregnancy would stick well in terms of no about genetic normalcy so it's like the six five and six is what size it needs to be in order i think for it to be compatible with life a is the ratings of the internal internal cells so like how good are the, is the structure of the cells and the second is how sticky is it on the outside so he was kind of like top of his class so they would have picked him no matter what he was always the first pick then the next one that's genetically normal actually had a little bit of a lower rating than the some of the other ones but because we did the genetic testing that's the that is the one we would pick and it's 5ab so stickiness is b and when i talked with the doctor later he was like no there's not a huge variance in it and and we're doing a procedure to help with yeah i mean the, the the difference between even the a and b even c is like i mean they're minuscule minuscule differences as in all medicine, I mean, it's like down to the minutia of making it what is the minutia level better that we can more likely that we can make it. So, yeah. 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 And then, you know, choices they can make. But our doctor has a lot of confidence in himself, I would say. He's like, yeah, we do it. This would be it. This would be great. It's going to work. And he does have a really good success rate. So which is awesome. So she was like, OK, drum roll, please. Baby 6AA <laughs> is a little brother. And I was like, no, baby 6AA is Neo. Is Neo. That's who we have. I was like, he's living. That's, and she was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she goes, drumroll, please. Baby 5AB is a little brother. And both of us looked at Ooh. each other. <laughs> no, both of us looked at each other. And we were like, okay. All right. Okay. And it's a little brother. Uh-huh. And she was like, can I tell you something? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, all seven of your embryos we're boys. We were like, oh, oh, like there is no chance there was of having a girl. No chance of having a girl. They were all, all boys. boys. And I'm like, first of all, that's like statistically super improbable. And also, thank you, Adam. It's all your fault. All my fault. And then secondly, it's like God's like, you're you're raising men in this modern world. You're going to raise men. You're going to raise good men. It's your job. Like, that is your job. I think it's your job, babe. I think I'm just here to... That's what I'm meant to do. That's what you're meant to do. Raise these these boys. As long as they continue to feel connected to that and feel like they are boys and are boys. Yeah. So, fast forward. We're past a year from knowing this information. I feel great about it. Yeah. Tell me why. I wouldn't call it at that time a disappointment necessarily it wasn't disappointment and maybe i was for you but it was more just like a there had to be some acceptance there was a level of acceptance that kind of came with that because i think on a certain level there was there was a big part of us and especially you that did want a girl that did want to relate to a daughter in that way and so learning that really a girl was just absolutely no possibility you know, there's some acceptance and some letting go of that. But now you're saying you're completely down. Well, I think that you and I actually did say, like, I think we did admit, like, oh, it's a little disappointing. I think we did. I, yeah. Like a little, but not a lot. Yeah, what? and that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean that we would love this baby any less. It doesn't mean, it. like, I don't think that has an impact. That's just, that's an authentic acknowledgement of your feelings, which is good to release and not hold on to. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we have friends and couples who um, 
you know, our uh, go by they, them, our trans, like we have different couples, friends, and they also had preferences. And I was really kind of surprised to hear that. And so it's just, it's just interesting, right? So I have a lot to say about this, so I'm going to make it brief. One is, is that I talk to my friends who have girls and boys or girls or whatever, and, and just, there are just some differences now, not in all of them. I know a lot of people who, whose boys are not really active in the way that Neo is, or are super snuggly, very attached to, to mom and dad, like all of the things that Neo is not. And some of the things that Neo is are very kind of stereotypical. Like people are like, oh, that's very boyish. You know, I think in my mind, I'm like, I wonder what the girl-ish qualities are if she were stereotypically girl-ish. The overarching feeling that I had there was, a okay, we have time to make this decision, right? And we uh-huh. don't de- we don't necessarily know what we're going to decide. We have this information. We didn't have this information last time, and also just the same thing that I felt when you announced that Neo was a boy. It was like surprise and type of joy of the surprise. Like I was like, yeah, I don't know anything, right? And how right. cool is that? Yeah. And I'm going to like this whole new adventure kind of thing. Yeah. You know what it makes me? This is a complete side note, but we just had some friends in our lives who hired a travel agent to book them a trip. They what they gave them like a essentially a budget and some some preferences, maybe some parameters. And they did not know where they were going until they got to the airport. Oh, it's just they were sisters. Oh, my God. Isn't that amazing? I want to do that. Life oh goal, I want to do that okay. 100%. Okay. I want to say travel agent, kind of what we're looking for. No, not what we're looking for. Here's oh, just, the budget. Here's the budget. And here's the parameter. What's the parameter? Well, you know, depending. Distance might be a parameter. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, here's some some parameters. Um, but then not find out until you go to the airport. Just you would get maybe a weather report. Sure. You'd have to get some kind of like... Yeah, one clue, weather report. One clue, weather report, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or like weather and like you want to bring like activity clothes, you know, like bring your swimsuit, bring hiking clothes or something like that. that... Speaking of which, this would actually be my nightmare. How would I know how to pack? I mean, in my mind, when we went to Paris or even Montenegro, I'm like, each day I had a sense of what I was going to wear from morning to night. Yeah. Oh boy. This would I mean this is the big This, this is, is the, the ultimate letting go. So I just I'll give a quick plug for our friend Laura Keys with Aligned Travel, who is totally who we would pick when we do this. I'm gonna say when we do this, we'd totally pick Laura to plan our trip. She does like culturally conscious, environmentally sustainable, like travel for you know, if you want to plan a trip somewhere, don't have a ton of time to to really put in the planning that it takes to be culturally conscious, to be truly environmentally sustainable. Laura can do that for you through line travel and she's awesome. You can I'm sure find her. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for her to plan our trips. I know, totally. So anyway, it's kind of like that when you, you know, you you get to the airport and you have a ticket and you don't know where it's going to go and then you find it. That is a little bit what it's like having a baby in general, but also not knowing the sex for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? 
That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time. And now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. So here's the reality. We talked in the last podcast about the fact that we're off birth control for a period of time. So we have no idea. And everybody says you get, right? I don't even want to get back into that. So we don't actually know. We don't know anything. This is that we still have surprises in our life, right? And if we end up having, like, we we don't know if we're going to do this. We think we are. That's our plan. It's still months away. But we, if we do, we're going to have a boy, I just think Neo would make a great brother with a brother. Don't you agree? I totally agree. Why? You know, we talked about this a little bit on part one, but it's very social. It's a core knowing because we have literally been with Neo every single day of his life, minus the one time that we left him for an overnight. By himself. <laughs> By himself. Just him and Pleat. Two nights. <laughs> Two nights, but it was only one full day. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, grandparents. But yeah, that we know him. I mean, we know him. And so I that really creates this kind of knowing sense, this intuitive knowing sense about how he's going to react in situations. That won't be the case his entire life, but at least for now, I feel like it is. And I feel like when I see him around other kids, I mean, today is a perfect example. He was fussy as fuck this morning, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he was just crying, could not be consoled. He's teething a little bit. He just was off his game. He gets to daycare where his friends are, and he's like, Bing. boom. Yeah, and lands. I just and, and doesn't even care to say goodbye. Like, yeah. he's just in it. He's like, I'm ready to play with all these friendly folks. I mean, he's always been that way. He's and, not cried. And to me, a brother where they can just do that is perfect. You know, we often do this thing where we're like, but we don't know, we don't know. And I think it's because I can hear the voices of other parents who have multiple kids or who had kids before we had kids saying to us, oh, you just wait and see this sort of like kind of taunting whatever. And like, like we have said, having a kid there's no way to prepare for it, period, end of story, that I was just thrown massively. And so I just want to stop giving the like, but maybe we don't know. Like, we have an intuition about our kid, period. We are allowed to have that intuition. We're allowed to have what we think is an understanding. We also recognize that there's going to be surprises and there's so much we don't know. But I'm kind of tired of the whole like, you know, but maybe we'll be wrong. You know, fuck it. We're going to be wrong. Yeah. But we, the, but we, we know are. some shit. And like we have wisdom. Intuition is grounded in yes, truth. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so what were you going to say? What's your fear? Well, I was going to say, you know, fear specifically about a brother. And, you know, I, we talk about them playing together. That they're going to take off and do the like no. craziest, wildest no, no. things because I am already positive. Well, I, I'm, sh- I'm positive that they're going to do that. I'm not actually fearful of that. I'm more fearful of the ways in which brothers can be this kind of ultra competitiveness and like breed this like 
ultra competitive with each other, you know, and there is healthy competition, 100%. But I want them to be grounded in lifting each other up rather than trying to tear each other down. Like I have seen a lot of brothers that are younger boys and maybe this will be the case I I could be completely naive about this but you know the older ones like pushing the other one down and like giving him a hard time and kind of that unhealthy masculine aggressive dominant energy that I think boys are conditioned into a little bit you had seven boys seven boys you are meant for this right but you're gonna do great I want them to again they're going to be competitive with each other, you know, in things. That's okay. I'm not trying Maybe. to get I'm not trying to have them be like a foreign to healthy competition, but at the same time, I want that grounded to be into of lifting each other up and support. And sometimes I I don't know. That's just where I'm at with it. You are very competitive, but you're not a bully in your competition, and I wonder if that is the best we can do is just to demonstrate that. I again, I think you're meant for this, babe. Yeah. I think these are your children. Well, I <laughs> I guess I guess that, that that's what it comes down to then is just to continually model that for them. Yeah. And I think the other side of that is not being down on yourself. So not accepting the failure piece of it, you know, right, like right, right. also demonstrating like it's okay to not like because that breeds a different kind of competition and or comparison. Right. So yeah. that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that for some reason in my mind. It's like now and I do I'm doing all this because I I feel like I have to right is that I'm sort of coming up with all the reasons why it's good I'm like okay good I don't have to go through preteen teenage time with a girl like I don't know like all of a sudden I'm like I'm kind of bossy maybe if I had a girl we'd like fight like cats and dogs I don't know yeah or whatever like yeah like I'm just coming up with the reasons why but my friends who are like it's fine it's all fine they who have boys and girls I mean they have a very different relationship with their girls it's just a different thing and they're like if I'm honest it's different although I can think of somebody who has a much more like snugly connected relationship with their son and their daughter is much more independent and not that snugly. So whatevs, whatevs. Did you know that I, I mean, you know that I have a name that came through. Yes. Yes. Did you know, do you know how and it know, came? No folks, you are not going to get to hear the name. Before. Correct. And do you. Only Pleat knows. Pleat, you know him? He's like that Bush's baked beans dog, you know, that knows the secret recipe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> the way that you understand marketing is so, so amazing. You remember how the name came to me? I remember the location. I remember where you were at. I'm sure, I know that when you start to say it, I'm, it's going to come back because it, it feels like it's on the tip of my tongue, but no, not enough to like explain it back to you. No. Yeah. There's a woman who has not been doing massage for many, many years, but when she did, she did like a high end massage and she quit and she needed some space from it. And she decided to let a few like to start up again with just a few select people. And it's a very specific type of massage. I wouldn't call it like a get your kinks out or anything like that. It's just like a a very interesting type of massage. 
I, I think I didn't know what to expect or I didn't know what to expect. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is not like I came in with a couple like sore spots with hope that they would be worked out. And I was like, oh, this isn't this. And so I was like, all right, so what am I going to do in this space that's different than I expected? And I was like, I'm just going to like let my mind wander. And it started to go to some amazing places. And that's actually when I felt like I knew that I wanted to have another baby. Mm, and In that moment. Yeah. Mm. And the name that came through. Yeah. Which is interesting because we had a very clear set name for Neo, and then it was maybe in the eighth or ninth month, or something eighth like month. that. Yeah, last late. couple months. You know, we were like, if we have a boy, is this the name? If we have a girl, is this the name? And the girl name stuck the whole time, and the boy name, we were like, no, it's yep. just not it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's not so cool mm-hmm. how stuff like that happens. Yeah, we've talked about intuition a lot in this episode and just kind of being able to trust that and feel into it uh, with this journey of a second kid. And I don't know, I just, that is a manifestation of God in this world to me. I mean, that Mm. is truly divine and we should just, I don't know. I feel so passionate about just letting that be that right. Like letting it, letting it happen, not trying to put up so many blocks to it and throwing it away as woo woo i don't mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. there's a balance there but it's it's it feels so powerful to me when stuff like that comes through i just believe in it so much that we had a hit to know yeah. something else that, yeah and you know what I, I i really think and i'm getting on a little bit of a soapbox here but like that combined with the dropping of expectations that like that's what has to be creates this like amazing healthy relationship around it to where you're open to those intuitive hits come in But, like, you're not then handcuffed by them at the same time. You know, you're not bound by them. So it's like, oh, I'm I'm allowing this to happen and flow and influence the direction that I'm going. Just like we had a big intuitive hit around Neo's, the name we were going to first pick for Neo. And we held on to that. And only because we were able to pay attention to that was Neo's name, which is his true authentic name, like, really able to come through. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just so magical to me. It is pretty magical. There was a lot that we got to know about him in that time. You know, there was only that one thing that I've said before about, like, when I f- he first started growing in my belly, I was like, he is a distinctly different soul than me. And he has kind of proven to live that out. Not that uh, you own your babies or anything, but he is just so himself. He does not, he was, ne- he never, ever, ever felt like he was like attached at the hip or anything. Like even in those early days, he, there was like this clear distinction between him and I, even in the first few days. So, yeah. and he's kind of lived that out. And I just, that was the only thing I knew other than that. Yeah. Other than that, I just, I don't know where that intuition came from, but it came in clear. I think part of it too is that we just didn't think we were having a boy. So we were like, let's actually (laughs) think about this. Is this really what we want? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we are not only having one boy, we are having two. Or more. I mean, you keep saying that. Crazy. By a farm. A farm. Because you're putting them out to pasture? Yes. Yes. More than two, they are living out in pasture <laughs> but we're not when they are not living in this house that's for sure there's not enough space we'll see we'll see all right well i think that we'll be talking about this a lot in this season we'll see what else comes through we're going to be talking about this a lot because in the season we're going to walk you all through the process yep of going back through ivf exactly you'll, you'll journey along what with are we us thinking? what are we thinking i don't know but i know that i love you oh i love you too Mwah. 
Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.